Praise God. Let's stand up. Let's pray. Let's get right into the word here this morning. We have an exciting meeting ahead of us. Father, we thank you for your word. As I come to teach today, I'll make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach. But I am depending on you. Therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind, that I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture. And I believe your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power, and your love to each person's mind under the sound of my voice, bringing understanding, removing confusion, and that your word will enter every heart under the sound of my voice, bringing faith, removing all fear, for which we give you alone the praise, honor, and glory in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it now. And everybody said... Amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm sure you feel welcome. If you don't, welcome. <laughs> also, we are teaching a subject titled Understanding and Dealing with the Operation of Demons. Understanding and Dealing with the Operation of Demons. And this is part two in our series. Five weeks ago, I did part one. And uh, I would encourage you to go back and watch that if you haven't seen it. How many of you saw part one? Put up your hands. Or you were here? Wave at me if you were here for part one on the subject of demons. Or how many of you were not here for the part one on demons? Could you wave your hands? How many of you do not have hands? <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us, be not ignorant of the devil's devices. In other words, God wants us to know what the devil's doing and how to operate, how he operates. Be not ignorant. Amen? Amen? Isaiah 4 verse 6 tells us, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God's people are destroyed because they don't know how demons operate. They don't understand the Bible. They don't understand how to deal with demons. God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We cast out a whole bunch of demons last night here out of Christians. One spirit of death, a few others, um, different things that came out. Everybody always gets delivered. But that's not necessary. If God's children knew how the devil operates and understood the Bible, that would never happen to them. They wouldn't get into those places where they open the door ignorantly to the devil. John 8.32, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In other words, ignorance of the truth will keep you in bondage. And that's what we see often. But Christians don't want to know about the devil. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here and you do. Amen. All right, so this is part two in our series. Now, in 1995, I invited Lester Sunwell to come speak to us in our church in Jasperg. Uh, CFC, a uh, wonderful man of God, and I knew him well, a wonderful man. And he told us a story of something that happened in the 1950s when he went to the Philippines. He said that um, while he was there ministering, that there was an article in the newspaper told a story about a woman 
in a mental hospital while they were watching her in a padded cell, no one else with her, totally alone, the people would see bite marks appear on her body, teeth marks, with saliva around the bite mark. No one else is there, no one's biting her that they can see. And these bite marks appeared on her back, vicious bite marks with saliva around them. And uh, she was screaming in agony and in terror. And this carried on and on and on, day and night, day and night. Poor woman being tormented. So I put this article in the newspapers asking the public for help. Is there anybody that can help this poor woman? So Lester Summer read this and he went to see the mayor. And he said to him, look, I tell you what, if I can get that woman free, will you give me freedom of the city to preach? And the mayor said, sure. So he went to the hospital. No one would go in the, in the cell with him, but he went in on his own. And this woman spoke to him with a man's voice, perfect English, and said, I know who you are, and I'm going to kill you. And he replied, and this is what Lester Samuel said. He said, come out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that was his reply, and the demon screamed and came out. And she was free. But he had fasted and prayed for three days. Oh, yeah, demons are real, family. Do you believe that? Now, we are talking about, at this point in the series, we are talking about how to get somebody free from a demon. So I'm assuming that you want to help others get free from demons, right? So when ministering to someone who needs deliverance, ask questions. Ask questions. The Holy Spirit will lead you to find the open door. If you can't find the open door, you can't get them free. You see, the person has given that demon authority to enter, whether ignorantly or willingly. And so what we have to do is find that door, let them repent, and then command the demon to go. They close the door by doing that, and then you can command the demon to leave. So the, the thing is to let the Holy Spirit guide us to find the open door, the reason the demon was allowed to come in. Now, you can cast demons out. They will listen to you instantly. But if the person's given them authority to stay, you cannot cast it out. doesn't matter who you are. You can't cast it out because you have no authority over somebody else's will. People have an independent will, a sovereign will. God won't overrule our will. He gave us an independent sovereign will. So we are responsible for what we do. God himself can't deliver somebody who has a demon. If they want that demon there, God won't let them, or God won't deliver them. Got it? If God is going to over our, overrule our will, family, then we'd all be gone to heaven by now. Everybody be in church this morning. Right? So, one demon that we see a lot of is the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear. Now, I call it a spirit because it is a spirit. It's a demon. The Bible tells us Second Corinthians 1, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So God has given us a sound mind. God has not given us a demon spirit called fear. 
So in identifying the open door that let the spirit of fear in, we ask questions, as I said. First thing I'd like to ask is, what kind of movies have you been watching? Because a lot of folks like to watch scary movies, horror movies. And that's going to open the door right in. The devil's going to say, oh, you like to be afraid, do you? You're giving your will to us to make you afraid. Here it goes. The demon will come in. You see? So there's a movie showing on Netflix right now called The Perfection. And somebody told me about this. And um, it's a horror movie. And people watching it actually get physically sick and they can't sleep after watching that movie. One woman wrote on Twitter that she got a migraine headache and vomited while watching that movie. Another question I like to ask folks is, what books do they read? I mean, if you're going to spend your time reading Harry Potter, you're going to get demons. I'm going to do a segment on Harry Potter, not now, but later on. I'm going to give you the whole history and tell you all about it, and it'll help folks understand the truth then. And then I like to ask, what drugs do they take? What illegal drugs do they take? Well, today, those drugs aren't illegal anymore. In fact, if you take those drugs today, you're a hero, right? But they're still not right. Mind-altering drugs are not good. Amen? Not good. Bad for you. They let demons in. Let demons in. I like to ask them that. If they'll repent from it, I can cast the demon out. Then I like to ask them, are they sleeping around? Are they sleeping around with other women or men? Folks don't understand this. The Bible says when you do that, you become one flesh. So if you sleep with somebody who has demons, those demons come right into you because you're one flesh. And that's where the people pick up demons. Their lives change. They don't even realize what happened to them. Hello? It's getting awfully quiet, this Presbyterian church. Somebody came to me and said, I didn't know we were a Presbyterian church. We're not a Presbyterian church. They're far too quiet for us. All right. So then um, another question is, have you been to fortune tellers? Now, folks, um, go to fortune tellers today. It's on TV. And uh, they'll tell you a fortune. You wonder how they know. Does the devil know the future? No. But what happens is people go to fortune teller, and the fortune teller will ask them questions, and then he will or she will uh, tell them their fortune. So now this person who goes to a fortune teller was already unsure about their future, right? And so they're looking to someone else to help them about it. And now when they do that, there are familiar spirits who understand and know about this person's life, and the fortune teller is listening to demons. And so the, for the demon tells the fortune teller, that this is going to happen to them. And now when that person listening is afraid of what the fortune teller says or accepts it and believes it, then the demon has the right to bring it to pass. And so it happens, right? It happens. But people get possessed by demons or influenced by demons by doing that. Then I like to ask, have you been hypnotized? Now, today, it's a medical treatment. It's not medical treatment. You should never allow your mind to be blank like that. Never allow your mind to be blank. You understand? You're opening your door to the devil. 
then um, all these things let fear into your life. Another thing I found in adult self-counsel, one particular pastor I think of that we used to employ, his parents got divorced, his father abandoned them when he was a teenager, and for several months they slipped, him and his sister and his mother slipped under a bridge on the freeway, and uh, he grew up feeling that his father divorced him, left him, so he felt rejected. So he suffered from rejection his whole life. And every time I try to help this dear man, uh, give him counsel, or give him advice in his work, because he worked for me, he would feel I was rejecting him. Just by giving a little bit of advice or sharing an idea, he felt rejected. And so I found it very difficult to coach the young man. Very difficult. Because he suffered from a spirit of rejection, but didn't accept that didn't accept that, refused to believe that. And unfortunately, we live in a world today where so many people have been divorced and children grow up on their own, and very often, adults and teenagers suffer from rejection because of divorce. And uh, there's a way that you can cure that. The only way is the truth will set them free. I recommend they get my book, Faith to Become Who God Destined You to Be. You see, in this book are all the scriptures about who God has made us as a new creation. Who God has made us as a new creation. You are a new creation in Christ. And once you understand who you are, that God has created you to be, and all He's done for you, and how much He loves you, then you will not have that rejected uh, concept in your mind. You'll get over it very quickly. Only the truth can set you free from that. The truth. You can preach people free actually more than you can actually pray for people to be free. The truth will set you free, right? So get that book. Did it come up on the screen? Let me show you which one it is. It's this one right here. Okay. Then uh, all the scriptures. There are over 100 scriptures on that subject, and they're all in that book. Then uh, lying spirits. Lying spirits attach themselves very often to other demons, and you have more than one demon entering a person. For example, alcoholics. Uh, an alcoholic might lie to you saying that he hasn't been drinking, and he, or else he's not an alcoholic, and he won't admit it, or she won't admit it. And, um, and so they, they allow a lying spirit to come in as well. So you'll have uh, a spirit controlling them, alcoholic, is not a disease, it's a demon, it's a demon spirit that's um, driving that person. The same with drugs, as demons driving the person. We give ourselves to that, the demons come in and drive them. Pornography is exactly the same. The demon can enter a person immediately on watching pornography, immediately. I told you a story last, um, part one of a young girl, four or five years old. Well, firstly, this woman was a a worship leader in one of the big churches here in, in San Antonio, and she came to see us. And she said that she's tried to commit suicide several times and showed me the scars all over her wrists. And she said, every time I tried that, somebody found me and rescued me and saved my life. And she says, I know I'm going to kill myself. I know no one will rescue me. I'm going to die soon. And she's a Christian, right? And she's a worship leader. She says, I said, well, tell me, uh, you've got a demon 
And um, what happened? And I started questioning her and asking questions. Found out, long story short, when she was four or five years old, she was staying at a friend's house, the same age, and she was thirsty. So she got out of bed, came downstairs to get water. And the parents were sitting watching TV with their backs to her as she came down the stairs and didn't see her on the settee. And when she looked up, they were watching a full-on pornographic movie and she saw everything and she stood there watching this for a while in shock. And she said as she was watching this, something hit her in the chest and went right into her. And she says from that day, she used to do things that she hated herself for doing. She used to do things that she hated herself for doing from that day and wanted to kill herself and tried to many times. We cast the demon out. She came back two weeks later to thank us. So she was free, so she went being going everywhere to try and get help, and no one could help her. You see, you can't medicate a demon. Amen? All right. So, uh, all those uh, things I mentioned could be an open door for a spirit of fear and or else other things and lying to come in at the same time. Now, many sicknesses are caused by demon spirits as well. Many sicknesses. The Bible tells us in Acts 10.38 how God went about, how God anointed Jesus Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, right? God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So sickness can be demonic oppression. That's Acts 10.38. Now, also oppression could simply be uh, a Christian thinking they are depressed because they are spending time with God. You see, you are a physical being and you actually are a spiritual being living in a physical body. And just like you need to eat food and drink water for the physical, so you need to do the same for the spiritual. The Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. So we need to read the Bible to feed our spirit man with life. John 6, 63, my words are spirit now life. And we need to feed our spirit man or with drink, which is the water, praying, praying is spiritual drink. Amen? Jesus said, all you are thirsty, come unto me and drink. And he spoke about prayer at that time when he said that. So prayer is necessary, and very often if we don't pray, don't read our Bible, we'll feel oppressed or depressed. But as soon as we nourish our spirit man, we'll feel good. We'll feed our bodies three times a day, or continuously in some cases, and, but we neglect to feed our spirits once a week when we come to church. Hello. Um, another thing that could open the door for the devil, an open door could be jealousy. People who are jealous, watch out for that because it's not of God. And if you're jealous and, and, and several things make you jealous all the time, you could open yourself up for a spirit of jealousy to come in. Anger is another one. If you're angry all, all, all the time and get angry over certain things, you can allow a demon of anger to come in and drive you. Or rage. If you, get, if you lose, your, lose, it, lose your temper 
and you do that frequently enough, a demon will come in and oblige you and, and push you over the edge and you'll just become uh, driven by demons. Because these things are unscriptural. Any time we break the Word of God for any length of time, we're going to get demons come in and drive us. Maybe in some cases immediately, like, for example, unforgiveness, demon comes immediately, or pornography and stuff like that, demons will come immediately, drugs, certain drugs immediately. Okay, people watch uh, bad movies, they end up cursing, because you're telling the devil, oh, I don't mind that, and so that devil will come in you, and you'll find yourself cursing without thinking about it. Those curses will come out your mind and your heart. So don't do it. Don't do it. Don't watch those movies. Don't watch movies where they blaspheme the Lord's name because they'll get in you and you'll start using the Lord's name in vain. Don't do it. The demon will come in and help you. Second Timothy 2.24. See, all these things are real, child of God. I have cast out demons from people for 50 years. And, I, and I've cast out, I don't think I've ever cast a demon out of an unsafe person. Thousands of demons have cast out of Christians. I don't ever think I've ever cast a demon out of an unsaved person. Hmm? Well, the unsaved, really and truly, um, they're dead anyway So in their sin. So you've you got to bring them to Christ, right? You've got to bring them to Christ. They, they have demons in them, but they're driven and controlled by demons. But you can't cast it out because they don't want to be free. Second Timothy 2.24 the Lord's servants must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. They must be able to teach effectively and be patient with difficult people. They should gently teach those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will believe the truth. So we see here, don't quarrel. We see be kind, be patient, be gentle. That's the attitude and character of a Christian, which is the attitude and character of Christ. We don't want to have rage and all that kind of stuff. That's not for us. That's the devil's work. All right, so don't yield to them. Step number six. Once we have established the open door, which allowed the demon into their life, then ask them to repent. Ask them to repent. Say, oh, God, I'm sorry for letting the demon in. I'm sorry for doing that. I should not have done it. I repent. Step number seven, let them command the demon to go. Let them tell the demon to leave them. Okay? Say that. I must tell them. They must tell the demon, leave me in Jesus' name. Then once they've done that, then you, step number nine, you can tell the demon to go. Uh, then you can tell, but step number eight rather. Then you can tell them to go, the demons, to leave. Step number nine, stay with them until you sense in your heart that the demon has gone. Because there might be another one. Last night we cast out a demon from a lady. And then uh, she was free. And then another demon manifested. We had to cast that one out too. So, All right. Then step number 10. Keep using the name of Jesus uh, as you need it by the unction of the Holy Spirit. You see, you want to speak the name of Jesus and command the demon to go. Remember this. Jesus said in John 14, verse 12, 13, 14, whatever you command in my name, I will do it, right? Whatever you command in my name, I will do it. So just imagine your mind, 
Jesus standing next to you, you command in the name of Jesus, and Jesus goes and drives out the demon. You don't have anything to do with that. He does it all. Okay? Or you command healing in the name of Jesus. Then Jesus goes and does it. You imagine him go and take care of it. Because when you try and do it, you're not going to succeed. Why try and interfere with what God has to do? He said, if you command my name, I will do it. It's not you, it's not me, it's not about us. It's about his name and the power of that name. So, when we understand that, we'll have success with these matters. Now, don't use the name of Jesus like a parrot. The name of Jesus, name of Jesus, name of Jesus, come out, name of Jesus, name of Jesus. That means you didn't believe anything you said. You didn't believe anything you said. No faith in that. You command that, you wait, you wait for an unction and you speak. You wait for an unction and you speak. So that your heart speaks in faith. You command that demon to go. You know, Kenneth Hagin, a man who had a tremendous relationship with God, he went home to be with Jesus at about 87. He's the only man that ever ordained me back in 1980 in camp meeting in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, he laid hands on me there in front of those people, which I greatly appreciate. I admire him very much. But he had several visions where he saw Jesus walk into his presence and talk to him. Um, and at least eight, maybe 12. And he wrote the book, I Believe in Visions. So Kenneth Hagin tells the story of when he was praying for the sick one day in a church, and somebody had a demon, and he commanded the demon to come out. And he couldn't get the demon out. And the man went and sat down eventually. Couldn't help him. Then just then, Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin on the platform. And no one else saw him, just just Kenneth Hagin. And Jesus said to him, in Mark 16, I said, in my name, they shall cast out demons. Then Kenneth Hagin said, Lord, that's exactly what I did. I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. But he didn't. Then, then Jesus said to him, raised his voice and said, I said in Mark 16, they shall cast out demons. And he said, but Lord, that's exactly what I did. And the demon didn't come out. Then Jesus stood run from him, put his finger in his face and said, I said, they shall come out. In my name, you shall cast out demons. And he got the message, and he called it back, God back, and he said, In the name of Jesus, come out. And the demon came out. <laughs> Say this, In the name of Jesus, I shall cast out demons. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number 11, don't be disturbed or upset when the demon manifests, when you command it to come down, it starts throwing the person around, they roll and scream. Don't let that bother you because the demon is just blowing his cover. He knows it. He's afraid. He's coming out. Everything's fine. He's coming out. That's all it is. Amen? Now, if that persists, if the demon doesn't come out after a while, then you have to get the person's attention, find out what the open door is. Okay? 
Maybe you didn't get the open door. So now we have cases all the time where the demon manifests and the demon takes over their mind like we had last night. The demon took over the person's mind and was screaming at us. The demon is talking to us. And um, so I, so you can't talk to the person. You've got to open the door because the demon's screaming and freaking out. And you can't get to the person's mind because the demon's taken over their mind. They don't even know what's going on. They, feel like, they think they're sleeping. They don't even know what's going on. All right? They don't know they're lying on the floor acting like a crazy person. <laughs> Otherwise, they wouldn't do it, right? Okay. So, but anyway, we love them. We understand. It's not a problem. So I said to one of the pastors, I said, just slap her face until she comes to her senses. I do that all the time. You have to. You slap them. Like it. Hard. I mean hard. Then they open eyes. What's going on? Why are you hitting me? You have a demon in you. What's the open door? And ask them some questions. The Holy Ghost will start guiding you. You've got to do it. And you don't. That's not going to wake anybody up. You hit them hard. You got it. I know we did that last night. So some <laughs> Pastor Bev's sister said, you know what? Perhaps you shouldn't have shown that on the TV because people think you're not slapping people like that. Well, that's the reason we do it. <laughs> so anyway, we got her attention. She repented and, uh, and the demon came out. Praise God. Amen. So if you see me slapping anybody this morning, I'm not angry. <laughs> we love everyone. Number 12, step number 12. Once you sense the demon has left, command the demon to leave the property. Tell the demon, go from this property. Leave this church property and don't come back to the person. Don't come back to the person. Now, some Christians try and send those demons to hell. You can't send the demon to hell. If it were possible to send demons to hell, then Jesus would have done that when he was on the earth. And he would have sent all the demons to hell, and we'd have had no demons to cast out today. Matthew 8:29. A demon spirit spoke up and said to Jesus, Man, uh, said out of a man, said to Jesus, Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Have you come here? to torture us before the appointed time. You see, there is a judgment day set for Satan and demons. We can't cast them into hell. Well, what do we do? We command them to leave, and they go through dry places seeking rest, and they find none. Jesus said that in Matthew 12, 43. He said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I'll return to my house. He calls the person that he came out of his house. What a cheek, right? I'll return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Let's talk about that. What does that mean, empty, swept, and put in order? Well, empty means demons are gone, okay? And no word, no word. Swept means clean. Put in order, well, we know what that means, put in order, last put back in order. But I want to focus on this word empty, no word. So what happens? 
45. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first, so shall it be with this wicked generation. So Jesus is saying, if you don't put something in, word in, the space where the demon came out, in the heart or the mind, then seven other demons are going to come in and the place, that person is going to be a lot worse than they were before. So I don't like to cast out demons from somebody who doesn't, any, doesn't have any teaching from the Bible because they don't know how to maintain their uh, defense or their victory. They don't know how to maintain that. The Bible tells us with the shield of faith you will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. But the devil is going to try and come back and, and, and enter back in that person, as we just read right now. So when the devil tries to come back, they've got to know the Bible, and they've got to say, well, Scripture's around this subject, and say, I resist you, Satan. I'm not going to let you have that. You're not coming back. In Jesus' name, they'll stay free. But if they don't, they'll get right back to where Jesus said they'd be. All right, so that's why I like to teach what the Bible says, because the knowing the truth will make you free and keep you free. Amen? So at this point, I'd like to issue a warning to all Christians to get ready because in a few years, or even now, it's already happening. In our last days, we're in the last days here, Jesus soon to return. There's going to be a huge increase in witchcraft, and you even see that on TV in America. Uh, witchcraft practice, occultic practices. We saw a huge um, satanic worship event happening uh, just recently where thousands of people gathered uh, to worship the devil. False religions are on the increase. And all this is being promoted by the media, by television, uh, movies. And even in our schools, it's being promoted by our schools. And there's certain people trying to get that into our schools now. And uh, this will be freely accepted by the unsaved people. And a huge increase of lying demons and public sexual perversion, uh, which you see all of our today on our news. I'm going to talk about uh, this subject of all this gay stuff. I'm going to talk about that as a subject on its own in, in one of the parts of the series in the future from the Bible. Uh, Pornography is on the increase. Illegal drugs on the increase. All this is going to increase terribly. Get ready for it. And we're going to see a big decline in morals and in character. A large percentage of American children and teenagers are being influenced by this flood of demons coming into our country. Because they have not given their lives to Christ, they are under Satan's control, they readily accept all this. And Satan's trying to turn our world into Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 verse 2, you used, you, you're talking about us, you used to live just like the rest of the world. How do they live? Full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince, the power of the air. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So Satan is at work in the heart of the unbeliever. See, the unsaved don't realize it, but Satan is their God. Satan is their God if they're not born again. When you're born again, according to Colossians 1.13, you are transferred out from under Satan's authority into Christ's kingdom. Colossians 1.13. Transferred out. But until then, they're under Satan's control, and he is their God. 
Jesus even said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, your father is the devil. Hello? Right? Your father is the devil. So, understand that Satan is the one that controls unsaved people. He controls their minds. He's working in their hearts. 1 John 5, 19 says, We know that the, we, are, we are the children of God and that the whole world around us is under the power and control of the evil one. The whole world around us, unsaved people that is, under the control of Satan and demons. So people don't realize that, as I said, if they're not a Christian, Satan's controlling their thinking and uh, they need to come to Christ to be delivered from that authority. It's a scary thing, but it's the truth. All right, now I've got many other scriptures I can show you along that line. We don't have time. So the Barner Research Group, which is a very well-known group here in America, established that 39% of Americans are now churchgoers. It used to be in the 60s, about 25 years ago, uh, but now 39% are churchgoers. And unfortunately, many of those churchgoers are deceived by the devil because they're ignorant of how he operates and how to defend themselves, and they get involved in demonic activity and open the door to the devil. And what about the 61% that are not Christians? What about them? So now we have children and teenagers and adults who are growing up in our world, and many of them now already in positions of influence and authority, and many of them are actually in government positions and and controlling banks and large businesses and corporations. And these people now want to outlaw Christian practices, outlaw Christian uh, uh, church meetings, and, and even outlaw the Bible. Some states have actually outlawed the Bible already, but they're not implementing it. So I, I'm saying to you, get ready. They're going to try and outlaw the Bible. Write that down. Remember the day I said it. They're going to try and outlaw the Bible because it says stuff they don't like, right? Christians must be aware of Satan's plans. We've got to, family. Otherwise, you won't recognize the devil. Some folks think the only time the devil comes is when you see him as a red person with ears on and a, red, and a fork and a long tail. That's the devil. No, he comes in many different ways, right? But he's not on every doorknob. Please don't go overboard here. The devil's not on every doorknob, but let's not be ignorant of his devices. So Christians must be, must be trained to recognize demon activity, and Christians must know how to cast out demons. Christians must know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Christians must know the Word of God. Christians must live holy. Christians need to pray urgently. Like the Titanic, the world is about to hit the iceberg. We're only a few meters away, but so many Christians are up in their cabins straightening out their furniture, or making their beds, and don't realize their ship is about to sink. My prayer is that Christians will wake up and start praying and realize what's going on around them. A few years ago, I turned on TV, and a, uh, I was uh, watching something that happened, was happening in a bar. There's a bar counter, there's people serving alcohol at the bar counter, there's a band singing on a platform, people sitting around tables and chairs drinking. Uh, 
And um, so this band was singing a song, and they mentioned God and Jesus in the song. And I thought, I thought wow, this band is out there in the world playing for Jesus. Good for them. And I thought, let me listen to this. And uh, after a while, when he's done singing, the guy said, isn't it wonderful that we can have a church service like this in a pub, and we are, you can drink, and we can smoke, and we can do all that stuff here, and just relax and have church. <laughs> I was shocked. I was totally shocked. I had a different attitude then. You know, let me tell you something, family. Read the first few books, uh, chapters of the book of Revelation, where Jesus spoke to the churches of Asia Minor and warned them, spoke firmly to them about their conduct and their relationship with God. Amen? That's not acceptable. Jesus would have been very upset about that church service. I hope I can have a few amens here. Amen. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 1 John 3, 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as God is pure. Please go to Hebrews 12, verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay aside a sin because you're running a race God set for you. And lay aside the weight that slows us down. So this weights are something that is permissible, acceptable to do, but when you do it in excess, it becomes a weight and you can't run effectively for God. Hebrews 12 verse 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Say this, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So holiness is different to righteousness. Righteousness is what God made you when you, be, when you got born again. You are righteous in God's eyes as righteous as God is because you've received the righteousness of Christ. Holiness is our conduct, and every one of us are living at different levels of holiness or different levels of godly conduct. But we're all the same when it comes to right standing with God. Amen? It means God will hear your prayers just as much as He hear mine or anybody else's. But God wants us to live a godly life as well. Amen? Yeah. I know there are some preachers that preach that God's grace forgives you for everything. You never have to ask Him to forgive you. Don't ever repent, and you're going to heaven no matter what you do, no matter how you live. If you live like the devil, you're still going to go to heaven. Well, I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see that in the Bible. And in fact, the devil hasn't been told about that new doctrine yet because he still possesses people who live ungodly. And he doesn't know he's not supposed to do that because they don't have to repent for their sins, right? I'm joking. That was a good place to laugh. Matthew 5, 13, Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is, the good, uh, it is then good for nothing but to throw it out and trample underfoot by men. So if the salt doesn't season the world is thrown out. You are the salt that will be thrown out. That's what he's saying. Well, I'm the salt. So, you are the salt of the earth means 
you are to influence the unsaved towards Christ and godliness. Said so that I am the salt. My mission is to influence the unsaved towards Christ to get saved and to godliness. I am the salt. Jesus said, I must season the earth. All right. Now, the salt loses flavor. What's that mean? It means we do not do that. We do not do what we are instructed to do. That means, and then he says, and then if we don't, then the people we should have won to Christ will trample us under our feet. That says if we don't win the world to Christ, the world will persecute us. Are you still out there, child of God? That's what's happening right now. We didn't witness. So I'm saying, let us witness. Let's win souls. Let's pray. As I said, it's awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. If you can't say amen, say ouch. So all this demonic activity is going to cause an increase in crime and violence and kidnapping and uh, perverted sex. However, hopefully it will drive Christians to their knees, which will bring in the last great awakening, the last great revival, so that Jesus can come and we can go home. Hallelujah. So I'm believing that God's going to wake up the church to pray. Don't close our eyes to this demonic invasion of the human race. It will not cause the problem to go away, and it will not protect us either. You know the story about the ostrich? If a lion attacks it, the ostrich puts his head in the sand because he can't see the lion. He thinks the lion's gone away. No, the lion's just thinking, great, a praying ostrich. I'm going to have prayed, Lord. Thank you for this food, and I'm going to eat it now and enjoy it. He's not going away. It's time for us to report to the battlefield for duty, to pray and win souls. Our general Jesus said, he gives us the authority, he gives us the victory, he gives us the victory over every situation in 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And he said in Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors. We have nothing to be afraid of. We are victorious. If you understand these things and understand your authority, the devil will always be under your feet. You'll always be in charge. It's just ignorance that keeps the devil messing with our lives. Uh, Dr. Andre, who's the man I put in charge of our Bible schools around the world, um, he and his wife, well, he has a friend that he went to school with who they've been witnessing to. And uh, whenever he was in Johannesburg, they would invite this particular friend and his wife to come stay with them in their home and, you know, witness them, show them love, and so on. And uh, this man had a business, and he would travel to Zimbabwe, or Zambia, rather, to go and do work there. And one day, he came home from a trip to stay at their home, and he brought two mosques with him, hand-carved, wooden mosques. And he gave one to her, his wife and one to, to him, to Dr. Andre. And he bought these in, in Zambia. 
And um, so a few days later, when he put them outside on the veranda, he sensed there's something evil about this, and he put them outside on the veranda, didn't bring them to the house. And then a few days later, his wife and his two daughters began complaining about severe pain in their stomach. And uh, so he prayed for them, and nothing happened. He took them to the doctor, and nothing happened. They weren't healed. And they were in severe pain, suffering terribly. And then they went down to the coast for a few days' vacation. And while they were there for a week, the, the girls and his wife had no problem at all. Then they came back home, and the same night they came home, immediately severe pain. And uh, that night, Dr. Andre went to sleep, and his wife woke him up in the middle of the night, screaming with pain in her stomach, and his daughters as well, out of a deep sleep, suddenly. And as he woke up, the Holy Spirit said to him, those mosques brought demons into the house, and the one mosque was given to woman, uh, and she got ovarian cancer and died. And that mosque was the one that was given to his wife. And so he went outside, he took these mosques, he broke them off his knee, and he went to the rubbish dump, and he threw them away. He went back to his house to go and help his, mother, his wife and his kids but they were fast asleep, fast asleep when he got back in the house. No pain, no more trouble from that day on. Now I'd like to ask you, if he took them to church to pray for his, he said, look, on the whole congregation to pray for my daughters and my wife, they're suffering terribly, nothing's helped them, what do you pray? Would that solve the problem? No, no. Didn't matter who prayed, it wouldn't solve the problem. You've got to find the open door, they've got to repent, close the door, because the devil's using their authority to stay. While he gave those demons authority to stay by having those mosques there, the devil stayed. Now, I told you in part one, and I just want to briefly touch on it. In part one, I told you about the tour we took to Egypt and Israel. So a man came to see me. And he said, you've been advertising a tour to Egypt and Israel. I said, yes, that's right. He said, well, I just got back from, from a tour, and I want to tell you what happened, and I just want to warn you. He said, we went to exactly that, to see the pyramids in Egypt, and, um, and we got out the bus at the pyramids, and we were surrounded by a bunch of uh, Egyptian folk selling us trinkets. And... Um, the one man sitting next to me offered somebody with me on the bus a scarab beetle. It's a little beetle which you, you'll see all over when we went into the museum. We saw scarab beetles all over the throne of Pharaoh, stuck on the throne. And they worshipped the scarab beetle, one of the things they worshipped. So anyway, um, so he offered this man a scarab beetle, he's telling me, okay? And he said, no, I don't want to buy it. And then eventually he said, I'm going to give it to you for nothing. And he said, no, I don't want it. And then eventually he took the man's hand and he put it in his hand and he closed the man's hand and the man got on a bus with a scarab beetle. The bus pulled out and this man threw a fit. His eyes rolled back, started swallowing his tongue, foaming at the mouth, fell on the floor in the bus in the passageway. A bunch of men jumped on him, started casting him out, come out in the name of Jesus, come out in the name of Jesus. Nothing happened for quite a while. And then 
Somebody had the sense to see the man's hand was pinched closed and pried it open, found the carrot beetle, threw it out the window. Instantly, the man opened his eyes. Demon was gone. He set up normal. Nothing wrong with him. Can we see the problem here? So, we need to check our houses. Make sure we don't have anything that has satanic witchcraft connections. Hello. Make sure you don't have any satanic witchcraft connections of anything in your house. Amen? Now, I don't like tattoos, but some people do. That's your decision. But please don't put satanic symbols on your body. That's crazy. How can a Christian be that dumb and still breathe? Surely know the difference between a satanic symbol and a picture of a fish or something. You know, Jesus loves you. I mean, I don't like that anyway, but still, I like Jesus loves you, but I want to put it on my skin. Nevertheless, I hope somebody's listening. Another question I'll ask folks, especially if they have financial problems, is are you tithing? Are you tithing? Are you a tither? And sometimes, sicknesses, if you try everything else, they could be sick because they're not tithing. Really? Yes. Let me show you. Kenneth Hagin, once again, I'm telling you about him, the man who saw Jesus many times. If you listen to his tape, and I'm going to give you the number, it's 58H03. 58H03. I listened to this tape, I've got it in my collection. In 1950, he was in Texas, East Texas. The Lord Jesus, as I say, has appeared to him several times. One night, while he was praying for the sick after preaching, a man came up to him in the healing line, and he told Kenneth Hagin that he had severe ulcers in his stomach, and he was always in terrible pain. Terrible pain. Couldn't sleep. So Kenneth Hagin said, fine, and put his hand on him. And as he put his hand on him, he had a vision. He saw this man the night before in bed next to his wife, holding his stomach. His stomach's on fire, and he's rolling from side to side, and he's groaning in pain. And so as not to disturb his wife and wake her up, he got out of bed and went outside the house on the veranda where he had a couch. He lay down on the couch, and he was groaning in pain for the rest of the night. He did not sleep. So Kenneth Hagin said, this is what I see. And the man said, that's absolutely right. And he said, now, I can help you. He said, here's the reason. A demon is in your stomach causing this problem. But I can't cast it out because you're a member of this church and you're not a tither. Not a tither. You don't tithe on a monthly basis or regular basis. So you let the demon come in. He said, if you don't agree to tithe, I can cast the demon now. And so the man agreed in front of the pastor saying right there in a full congregation in the house, he cast the demon out. And the man went home and had a big steak for dinner that same day. That's on 58HO3, and you can go and listen to it yourself, the full story. Now, the Bible tells us in, in uh, Malachi chapter 3 and 
and a few times in the New Testament, they pay our tithes. In the New Testament, it says pay your tithes. Jesus said that in Matthew 23, 23, and also you'll see that in Hebrews. Now, what is a tithe? The tithe is 10% of our income, of all our increase. It belongs to God. When I give that or pay that tithe to God, it becomes a great blessing. But if I keep it in my house, it becomes a curse. Just like the idol, just like the mosque, just like the scarab beetle. becomes a curse. It's not mine. I shouldn't have it. It's God's. Is that true? Yes, it is. Malachi 3.9. That's what God said, not me. Malachi 3.9. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. Not God cursing us. He doesn't do that. But it allows Satan to attack us, steal our money. People who don't tithe, they have a real spinning financial situation their whole life. They'll never succeed. Hardly making it from hand to mouth. The Bible says in verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's 10%. God didn't say pray to get rid of the problem. He didn't say fast. He said bring the tithe. Amen? It's not ours, it's His. I have to talk about this because so many preachers won't, but the truth. If a person doesn't tithe, they're going to have a problem with the devil. Finished. So when you tithe, it becomes a great blessing. When you don't, it becomes a curse. It opens the door to the devil. And I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to continue on part three in about five weeks' time, July 16th. July 16th, I believe it is. That's where I'll continue part three in the series. But next week, I have a powerful message for you. Next week, my title is, Blessed is the Man. July 15th, 16th. Next week, my message is titled, Blessed is the Man. And it's probably the shortest sermon I've ever preached in my life. That's a fact. <laughs> I preached to Johannesburg here on Wednesday. We do the filming. And then uh, they show them the, the message. What we heard today, Johannesburg's listening to right now in that church you saw in the video. Anyway, um, I finished my message, I think, in 11 minutes. And <laughs> is it, are you done? Is it? I'm done. 11 minutes. So I'll be preaching that message next week, but it's very powerful. Blessed is the man. Okay? So this, I'm ready, I'm ready. To, be blessed. to be blessed. Amen. All right. Now, we're going to minister to folks. And before I do, I'm going to show you two little videos. Now, please understand, these once in five weeks meetings take longer than you normally do. A normal service is an hour and a half to 145, less than two hours for sure. But today we will go over time, and that's because we want to help people. And I'm staying, and I'm going to invite you to stay. You're going to learn a lot by watching what happens now, okay? You're going to learn a lot by watching what happens right here when people get free. You'll learn. Last night, folks learned a lot more, actually, by watching demons come out, how to deal with that, than they did even listening to the message, all right? So watch this, you'll see. People will be helped here this morning. I'm going to watch two short videos to help you. Go ahead, show the video. I just want to say, this woman, the first one, hey, family, just stop the video for a second, there. restart it. This woman, Zanelli, 
Uh, she uh, had demons, and she, like most people who have got demons, they sleep during the teaching of the Word. They can't stay awake. So she slept at church while I was teaching, and then they woke her up when I prayed for the sick, and, they, and she said, they're calling for you. So she came down. She had crutches. She left them at the seat, forgot about them, came down. While she's coming down, Jesus healed her before I even prayed for her. And then when, when I stood in front of her, she stood in front of me, power of God came on her, and she fell over, and a demon started manifesting. You'll see what happens then. But anyway, I didn't touch her. The power of God hit her. And then the second testimony you're going to see, this woman is a pastor in the church there in Jasperg who got amazing healing on the video. She had a growth in her uh, four inches in, in diameter, uh, and it disappeared. So watch this, you'll see. Hi family, my name is Sanele Mahlangu. I was having an operation on my left leg, so I was working with crushes. The day I came to church, the time Pastor Thea was here, uh, that day I was not feeling okay because I was even sleeping at church. So I didn't hear anything because the way even my body was heavy, I was just sleeping. So when he was busy praying for people, it's when my daughter wake me up and say, Mama, they are calling you. I was like, why they are calling me? So I just stand up and go in front. Remember, I'm walking with crushes. So I stand up, I go straight to him. I forget my crushes that day. My body was so heavy. I was bending. I'm having an operation in my day, but I can't feel the pain now. I can't feel the pain now. You can't feel the pain right now? I can't feel the pain. I can't feel the pain. You can't feel any pain in your body? Yes, I can't feel the pain. He said to me, what happened to you? I say, I don't know, but I don't feel anything. I was working with crushes and I'm having operation here. I say, uh, okay. He started to pray for me, so the demons start to speak. Do you have to forgive somebody? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What is your name? Zane. Huh? Do you have to forgive somebody? Is there somebody you have to forgive? Yes. You better forgive them quickly because that demon's harassing you. I forgive my sister. I forgive my baby dad. I forgive everyone that I make wrong. The one that I know and I know Jesus. Okay. Yes. Now, look at me. I command you, Val Demon, stop so many who come out of her and go from this morning. Jesus, man. You are defeated, you know. It. There you go. Lift your hands and praise the Lord, family. The demon's coming out. There he goes. There he goes. There he goes. She's free. Then my chest was so heavy. When, I, when you say let it go, it's whereby the demon just left me. I was initiated to be a Sangoma. 
So it's whereby the spirits that uh, attacking me. So I didn't know what was wrong with me because I didn't sleep, like even eating, I was not even eating. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Is everything look different now? Yes. It's nice that demon gone, isn't it? Yes. So this is a lesson. Don't have unforgiveness. Because if you do, demon will come into you, whether you're a Christian or not. You got it? You're free. Thank you, Jesus. You got rejoice. Give me a hug. That's good enough. Thank God for a my leg is good now. I'm not using crushes. Yes, the demons are not around anymore. Thanks to God for healing me. and I'm a full-time pastor here at Christian Family Church. I became a member in 2013 and that is where my life has changed dramatically. This is where I met my husband. This is where three beautiful girls was born. This is where I became a full-time pastor and this is where my salvation, my deliverance and my healing journey started. So this is something that I started when I was only as young as 10 years old. I never knew what the problem was until I was 18 years old when they discovered that a tumor that is as big as 10 centimeters was growing in my abdomen. Now I sense in my heart here today, somebody's trusting God for healing for growths on their body. The type of tumors is called neurofibromatosis and it's an incurable disease where tumors will just keep on growing on your nervous system and I've been struggling with this for more than two decades. The tumors that's been growing has been growing for 25 years uh -huh. and the doctor said that they are incurable. They will always keep on growing on my nerves. That issues cause extreme pain that I had for many years. It also caused numbness in some areas because you know when a nerve is being damaged or hurt there's no way that no medication, no pill can help restore that nerve. When the damage has been done, there's absolutely nothing that you can do about that. It keeps on growing on the nerves, in my back, in my abdomen area. You have, and stuff like you have pain? Down my legs, yes. And I've, you've know, I've been for multiple operations. Wow. Okay. Multiple. Okay. And for 25 years since I was 10 years old. But today is my laws day. upon you right now. <laughs> And I was sitting in the service, not thinking anything, not asking the Lord anything, because my journey with my faith has been, I am healed. And that's what I stood on. And that's what I believe. And at the very end, Apostle Theo said that there's someone here with an incurable disease. And I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart, Lee, that's you. I looked at my husband and I told him, and I went up and I ran to the front and I knew I need to be like the woman with the issue of blood and I need just to grab a hem of Jesus Christ. Possibly, the Spirit of the Lord is on you right now, healing you. There it is. In the name of Jesus, 
I set you free from this bondage. Free. And he prayed for me and a power that I cannot explain came on top of me and I started to shake. I started to shake but while I was shaking, I was on the floor, I lost my shoes and I truly believe it's a prophetic losing of shoes because I had to get rid of the old to get the new. So my healing experience felt like electricity that was going through my entire body. From my head, down to the soles of my feet. You can see on the video, I was shaking uncontrollably and the power of God was just flowing through me and I couldn't stop laughing because I knew something that I lived with for so many years was broken at that very moment. And then I went to go see my doctor. And my doctor, he had a shocking expression on his face. And I didn't know what to expect. Is now good? Is this a bad? And he's like, nothing has grown. That was his very first words. And that is unlikely. You know, for these type of tumors, they always grow. Existing tumors that was there are completely gone. So everything we have on paper. Sometimes I find myself reading that over and over and over again because it's just such a praise report that I've never ever received in the past. I'm sitting here today and I'm so thankful, so thankful to God. What He's done in my life. And I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for their continuous support and love. I want to thank them for their dedication and their time, for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because if He did not call out incurable disease, I believe that I would not be sitting here today sharing my testimony with everybody. And I do believe that this testimony will bring hope for some people in a hopeless situation, for people with a terminal disease, for people that have been struggling for years thinking that God has forgotten about them which is not the truth we serve a loving father that is fighting for us and I did my fight I came from the side and I grabbed the hymn of Jesus and I hope that this can encourage other people to do the same and to not lose hope to not give up and to stand and fight for their healing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is so good, is He not? Jesus is the healer. No one else is. Jesus is the healer. He did all that. He gets all the glory. Amen? When we use His name, He does it. You say, whatever you command in my name, I will do it. Amen? All right, so if you need to be free from something, whatever it might be, just close your eyes right now. Ask God to show you the open door. Just say this, Father God, I've had this problem in my life. This is the open door in my life. Can you please show it to me?
Is there anything I need to repent of? If I let the devil attack me, maybe consciously or unconsciously, through ignorance, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Is it because of lack of knowledge, Lord? Can you show me the open door? And he will. Right now, you all know. Immediately, all of you. I won't leave any of you out. And if you don't have an open door, I mean, if you don't have anything like that, you won't have a concern in your heart. You won't, well, nothing will come to you. And don't the devil lie to you then. Nothing comes to your heart. Okay? Now then, the next step is for you to say, Lord, forgive me for that. Say it so your ears can hear you. No one else needs to hear you. But say, Lord, forgive me for that. And especially if there's unforgiveness in your life. Somebody have resentment against, bitterness against, even the slightest, get rid of it. Don't get the devil any chance in your life. That's the number one way the devil trips us up is unforgiveness. Number one. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You'll always have that opportunity to forgive somebody. You'll always have that. God, the devil will see to it. Sometimes the closest people to us will offend us. We just have to forgive. Because Bible, Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you and spitefully use you. Now that's not for their sake, it's for my sake, for our sake. Because we don't want to let the devil in. I know one of the preachers in South Africa in the early years phoned all of our friends in America, pastors of large churches, and lied about me. So anytime I invited a guest speaker to come, they would turn me down. And I eventually found out that he's lying about me. And I kept forgiving him, but it kept recurring. And I, and I kept, kept having to fight that battle of forgiving him because I knew the consequences. But you know, after years and years of this guy doing the same thing, it was a problem. I did forgive him every time though. And then eventually I read that scripture and God, I said, God, you're going to help me. What am I going to do? And I read that scripture. Love those. Do good to them. And so uh, 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 Pastor Rev and I decided we're going to send this man money every month. A handsome financial gift. Anonymously, he never knew who gave it to him. And every month he sent it for about three years. But the moment the first check or the first amount of money went off, I was free. He, whatever he did from that day on, it's like water on a duck's back. It didn't bother me. I didn't have to ask God to forgive me for, for unforgiveness or resentment. I didn't have to even talk about it. It was, it was like water off a duck's back. I didn't have any problem with it at all. Supernatural protection. You see, do good for our own sake, not for theirs, but for us. And today that man are our friends. God worked it out. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. So forgive. Let God deal with that. Don't you hassle with it. Amen? You've got to learn that as a child. And we have to deal with that throughout our adulthood. As, a, as a, we're growing up, we'll have to deal with it. So if you have unforgiveness, resentment, I have to talk to people about this severely because as sure as God made little apples, they'll come up here, <clears throat> they won't forgive. A demon will come out right there today if you don't do that if you don't repent for unforgiveness demons coming out if you come up here it's going to freak out 
person doesn't forgive has a demon instantly. Instantly. I promise you, it's true. All right? You got it? Did you ask God to forgive you? Did you repent? Did you close the doors? Now, if you want to be free from any hassles you've had, now that you've taken care of the open doors, come up, we're going to pray, you'll be fine. And that all those attacks will stop in your life and you will not have that anymore. So come up here. You'll never have any more problems like that. Come up right now. And if you need healing, come on up too. Praise God. You've got nothing to be afraid of. The devil's bound. He's under our feet. He's defeated. He is defeated. The devil's a loser. He's a liar. The devil is a loser and he's a liar and he's going to burn in the fires of hell forever. He's going to burn in the fires of hell forever. The devil is a loser and a liar and he's going to burn in the fires of hell forever. And he's under our feet. He's under our feet. Jesus said, Luke 10, 19, you'll walk on serpents, tread on scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You'll tread on all the power of the enemy, not some of it. We have authority over everything the devil tries to do. Through the name of Jesus, we are God's children and we are protected. I, I preach this message today to help us understand, don't get on the devil's playground. Stay off of it. Amen? Thank you for those amens. I appreciate it. It warms my heart to hear how responsive you all are. Praise God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, today's your day. All of you. Jesus is Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right. So I'm assuming now you all close the door. All close the door. There's a strong anointing here. The presence of the Lord is here. God's presence is here. In John chapter 20, the soldiers came to take Jesus prisoner to be crucified, take him to to um, Caiaphas' judgment hall and Pilate's judgment hall while he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Olive Grove on the Mount of Olives. And he's praying there with his disciples before his crucifixion. The soldiers came to take him. And he addressed them. He said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. When he said, I am, that's the name of God, I am. When Moses was standing at the burning bush, he said, who, is it? who are you, Lord? Who will I say sent me to Pharaoh? He said, you go tell Pharaoh, I am sent you. That's God's name. When he said, I am, those soldiers went backwards and fell on the ground. No one could crucify him. He laid his life down. You better believe that. Those soldiers went backwards and fell on the ground. Now the same I am is here. His name is Jesus. Wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. He's right here right now. I, I sense his presence. 
He's here right now with us. The presence of God is here. To set His children free, He loves you very, very, very much. More than you could ever realize. More than you ever know. Praise His wonderful name. Praise His wonderful name. Praise His wonderful name. Now say this with me. Satan. No, sorry, let's start again. Father God, I have heard your word this morning. I believe it's true. And I understand. I have authority over the devil in the name of Jesus. And I command all demons, evil spirits to go from me. Right now, by the authority of the name of Jesus. Now that you prayed, I'm going to pray, right? Just listen to this. All right, all you foul demon spirits, you heard what they said. Keep your eyes closed. I command you now with the authority of Christ to go from these people and to leave this building and you'll not come back, you'll not harass these people again anymore. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, go now. don't have to worry about her. Just leave her. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now lift your hands and say, thank you, Father. I am free. I am free. Now, Pastor Viv and I are going to come down. We're going to lay hands on you, right? We're going to walk down the aisle right here and lay hands on you all the way. And when we touch you, the power of God is going to come on you. So this is what I'd like you to say right now. When Dr. Thea and Pastor Viv, start again. When Dr. Thea, let's start again. When Dr. Thea and Pastor Viv lay hands on me, Jesus will touch me. The power of God will come on me and minister to me. Whatever I need. I will receive. Thank you, Jesus. All right. It's important for you to say that, see? God said, as you speak, Numbers 14, 28, as they have spoken in my hearing, so I will do unto them. So we want to, we want to um, speak in His presence and He will do it. The woman of the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, she came touch the hem of his garments. He said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. That's what we're doing right now. You're practicing faith. All right? Pray for him now. Let somebody minister to him before I minister to him. Talk to him, please, Tom. Find out what the problem is here. Talk to him, please, Tom. I'll minister to him now. All right. 
In the name of Jesus, receive. There it is, power God's on you. In the name of Jesus, receive. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Power of God comes on you right now. There it is. In the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Power of God ministers to you right now, setting you free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Here it is. Praise God. Just let your hands go if you don't mind. Close your eyes. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There it is. God's healing you. What are you coming up here for? Marriage. Marriage. Okay, I got that. I got that. Good man. Yes, together, In the name of Jesus. Father, you for healing. For healing this marriage. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. In the name of Jesus, praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, praise you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Is this the same one or different one? Different one. Okay. All right. So this is not the same one from last night, right? It is. Okay. Yes, it's the same one. So why would I need to pray for it again? He has Parkinson's and he also has metastatic prostate cancer. Okay. And I'm here to, and hoping that he can be healed by God's okay. generosity. I'm what? also here a little bit for myself because I have um, some injury in my lower. And we're here for a Okay, I'm going to bless you with a little book on healing scriptures. Can I do that? I'm going to bless you with a little book on healing scriptures. Would you listen to Would you read it? Okay. You know where to get it. You know where to get the book, Lester. Healing scriptures. Okay. He'll, he'll give it to you when we're done here, okay? Father, I release the healing power of God here in this cloth. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, I want you to take that little booklet and read it to him and read it yourself. Can you do that? All right, lady. You're welcome. I thank you, Father, for touching my dear sister. Yes, thank you, Lord. She's healed in Jesus' name. I take authority over every sickness in her body. I set her free by the authority of Christ in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, I receive. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. In the name of Jesus. 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 It's done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Receive right now. So I receive. I receive. 
There it is. Healing power of God is flowing into you right now. So I receive it. I receive it. Power of God is flowing into you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. What's your name, son? Benjamin. Benjamin. Okay, did you read my little booklet? You did? Okay. What do you believe happened to you right now? I believe you've been healed. Say this, I believe I'm well. So I want you to tell three people before you even leave here, you believe God's healed you today. Can you do that? Okay. God bless you. Yes, they're together. You, you pray? For what? Heart problem. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Lord. Stretch your hands out towards the young lady. Command this heart to beat perfectly in the name of Jesus. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. Take your hand off her, please. In the name of Jesus. You're set free right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ninety-four. And she just got saved. Just got born again today. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for touching her life. In Jesus' name. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. Receive right now. What did you come for? What did you come for? Tell Pastor Dave. God sets you free right now in the name of Jesus. What did he come for? In the name of Jesus. The Spirit of God is on you right now, healing you. There it is. What did you come for? Come on, that Spirit of God from you in Jesus' name. What did you come for? Be healed in Jesus' name. What did you come for? What did you come for? Demons. What was the open door? You repented today. Okay. Come on now, Spirit of God, from you right now. In Jesus' name, be free. What did you come for, son? This heart beats perfectly from today in the name of Jesus. Emotional. Okay. <laughs> Be healed in Jesus' name. Hmm? You had a stroke? In the name of Jesus. Be healed right now. There it is. Praise God. Okay. 
Command him to be free right now by the authority of Christ in Jesus' name. Okay. All right. Amen. Just stay right where you are. If you are here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you're here, you can go home with a sick body, but don't go home with a sick soul. You don't want to miss heaven and go to hell, please. Today, listen carefully. You have an opportunity of making the Lord Jesus your Lord and Savior, receiving God's forgiveness. You have an opportunity right now of being blessed by God and being assured of a home in heaven and God's encouragement and strength for your life, protection for your life. That's something you want, wherever you may be right now. I'm going to count to three. If you'll respond to God by slipping your hand up, God will respond to you and minister to you right in your seat or right up here where you're standing and give you that desire of your heart. So your heart condition is far, far more important than your body's condition, right? More important. So I'm going to count to three while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you want to make sure that you're right with God, you're going to heaven, slip up your hand when I count to three, and I'm going to pray for you right now. You ready? Wherever you're sitting. One, two, three. You see those hands? Thank you. I see those hands. Praise God. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. That's wonderful. Now, if somebody knows that a prayer is coming to you right now, to put their hand on your shoulder and let you know we love you and Jesus loves you while I say this little prayer. Okay, go ahead, leaders. Everybody, please say this prayer with me. Everybody, please say the prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. You punished him for my sins so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare today you are the Lord of my life and my Savior. And therefore, I am now born into God's family. I am now God's child. I'm no longer the devil's child. That means I'm born again, born into God's family. Praise God, I'm saved, bound for heaven. Amen. Now, the person that prayed with you is going to get your name and details so we can stay in fellowship with you and encourage you in your new journey with Jesus. All right? Okay. Go ahead. Now, for the rest of you up here, if you have to go, it's almost 12.30. I understand. Slip away quietly. If you have to go, don't talk in the, bit in the building. Talk outside or in the back behind the curtain, behind the platform. We want to respect the Holy Spirit as He moves. The rest of you can stay and watch if you want. We're going to be another five minutes or so. And then I'll close the meeting. All right. So I'm right here. What did you come for, dear lady?
understand this one. What did you come for? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There it is right now. Oh, God, it's all over you. So thank you, Lord. That's right. That's right. That's God's presence on you right now. Healing you. That's right. I set you free. In Jesus' name. Free. In the name of Jesus. What do you come for? Kidneys and cancer. Go in Jesus' name. What do you come for? What do you come for, son? In the name of Jesus, be free. What do you come for? Okay. In the name of Jesus, receive. What do you come for? Your husband. In the name of Jesus. What do you come for? What do you come for? In the name of Jesus, receive. What do you come for, Robert? Thank you, Father, for financial miracles. Robert, the word of the Lord is, confess this. I have God's wisdom to increase my finances. Robert, I have God's wisdom to increase my finances. That's the word of the Lord to you. Say that. God's wisdom to increase my finances. Where do you come for, Lawrence? Call on problems. You have pain right now? Be healed in the name of Jesus. What do you come for? A friend has pancreatic cancer. Cancer. In the name of Jesus, I release the healing power of God in this cloth right now. There it is. You got it. Take that, put that on her. What do you come for? Hip, hip, hip. Hip. Command this pain to go. Be healed from this hip condition by the authority of Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. What do you come for? What do you come for? This is hot. Did you want prayer? Pain in the body. Okay. Command this pain. Switch your hand out towards the lady. Command this pain to go from her right now by the authority of Jesus. There you go. There you go. There you go. Say thank you, Jesus. I receive it. Say thank you, Jesus. I receive it. There you go. There you go. There you go. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. The pain is gone. Okay. Where did you come from? Name of Jesus, be free right now. What do you come for? Addiction. Addiction to? Drug and alcohol. Okay, you closed the door today, right? You closed the door. Okay, good man. What's your name? Okay, Eric, look in my eyes. I'm not talking to you, right? You foul demon of alcohol and drugs. I command you to leave this person right now. Leave Eric and not return. By the authority of Jesus' name, you go right now. You are free. I, I can see you free. Now listen carefully here. Your body has a habit 
Just like sugar, you don't have a demon when you have sugar problems. You just, your body gets used to eating sugar. It takes three days to break that desire.